From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Whether you're newly diagnosed or in active treatment or completed treatment years ago, breast cancer affects how you feel inside and out. You have to cope with the emotional strain of the diagnosis and the physical challenges of treatment, as well as the stresses of daily life. Even though your diagnosis may be similar to another person's, the way breast cancer impacts your life is unique, much as the activities that help maintain your quality of life are unique. Today's guest loves biking and quickly found that maintaining that activity through her treatment helped her feel more like herself, her most happy and capable self. Here to share her breast cancer story and how biking helped her through it is Maria Bosted. Maria, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you. I think it's so important for us to understand just sort of how people approach dealing with their cancer. And I'm kind of excited that your your way of doing it was through biking. So, but let's start with your story. What, what Tell us about your breast cancer story. And can you tell us about your diagnosis and what was going on in your life at that time? Sure. So um, I guess it was earlier, very beginning of this year. And I was just, I'm 44. Well, I was 43 then. And I was just laying on the couch, kind of absentmindedly watching TV, texting with my sister, listening to my husband out of one ear, you know, normal weeknight. And I just was absentmindedly kind of like scratched my armpit, side boob area. And instantly I was like, what's that? You know, (laughs) I kind of felt like, uh, I found a frozen pea under my skin and I was like, feel it, feel it, <laughs> but it's a lump. I found a lump, you know, and I remember my husband put his hand out and I could see like the look on his face too. He's like, that's hard. You know, I texted my sister and she wrote back, oh, I had some cysts in my breast. That's probably what it is. Just go see the doctor as soon as possible. And I was kind of thinking I wasn't overly concerned just because I was like, it's probably just a cyst. I went to the doctor and she actually said, oh, that thing, <laughs> which made me even also think it's nothing, probably nothing, but let's just do the imaging to be sure, you know, cyst, blah, blah, blah. You're in your forties, breasts get lumpy then, you know, it could be anything. It's probably nothing. Um, so again, I wasn't like too concerned. And then I went to do the imaging and I could just tell like, the mammogram and then the sonogram when the doctor came in that's when I got scared because I could see on her face concern actually that's what she said there's cause for concern and then I felt like a brick fall in my stomach you know and I need you to get the biopsy so and then the biopsy turned out to be cancer but honestly then I (laughs) maybe this is just my method of coping I didn't really feel that scared. <laughs> it's scared for me to say now. I guess I was thinking it's so early. I mean, I, I felt like I couldn't even find the lump most of the time when I was like had to talk to a doctor. I had to like keep like wiggling around, getting to the same position I was on the couch. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's so small. You got it so early. Good for you," you know. And I guess I was thinking we would just like remove the lump and then I would just go on my merry way, you know. So. Maybe, and I remember referring to it as like cancer, but with a little C, little C cancer, you know, um, <laughs> um, 
And I think part of it was I did have a lot going on in my personal life at the time. And so maybe that was just my coping mechanism was to be like, I don't have space for a big thing right now. So I'm just going to make it a small thing <laughs> to make sure I can continue going on with everything else I'm working on. Well, I think, you know, that's a, I guess that's a fair way to, to cope with it. And let's talk about that. So I know all this happened about the time you were getting your business off the ground. I mean, what was that like and what were the emotions like surrounding that? Well, I would say um, I kind of felt like a sick joke, honestly. I have had my own, my business is Pocampo and we make bike bags, stylish bike bags. And I've actually have had my business for a long time, over 10 years. But it wasn't until the biking boom and everything in the last two years that it's really been picking up momentum. And so I felt like, I had been toiling for a decade, you know, trying to get the business off the ground. And then all of a sudden I had this great tailwind and it was just taking off. And so it was a thrilling time for the business. And I had embarked on my first um, attempt to raise capital to fuel that growth. And that was a huge undertaking. It took me over a year to raise my first round of finance or capital from investors. And at the beginning of this year was just when I was kind of wrapping it up. And I, you know, the process to raise the money is like, you're pitching this big vision. You're working on the plan to make it all happen. Look like we were going to get almost all the financing we needed. So all I wanted to do was kind of like hit the go button. I put my foot on the gas pedal and just like do everything that we had been talking up for the last year, six months, you know? And so that's when I felt like I couldn't have cancer be a big thing because I was like, no, I've just promised all these people we're going to do these amazing things this year with this money and the timing is right and I have to make it happen, you know? So that's what was going on. Uh, in my world when all this, the diagnosis stuff was happening. And like I said, when I, I was thinking of it as cancer with a small C, I did feel like I got, and this, I'm going to admit, I was probably selectively hearing. I don't want any of my doctors to get mad at me for not, for saying something that they didn't say. But what I heard was that it was a small lump. They're just going to take it out going to do radiation. Nobody needs to know. And I was like, fine, no problem. You know? Um, so that's kind of like what I was going into everything with. And so it wasn't until um, after the pathology report and those other tests to see how likely it is to come back with the names escaping me at the time, but your audience probably knows them, um, that the oncologist said that I should do chemo. And that was like, it was like, she told me on Monday and I want you to start on Friday. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. man. That, yeah, that's, that's quite the turnaround. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I understand that before starting chemo, you reached out to a friend for sort of tips on managing chemo when you were first getting started with it. I mean, what was her advice? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was really terrifying because it felt like um, to hear that news on Monday and I want to start on Friday. And it was never, I never even like thought it was quite on the table for me. I knew there was a possibility, but I didn't even like plan for it. You know, I just thought it was very, a remote possibility. My mom had had um, breast cancer and chemotherapy. And I remember she was just like laid out on the couch. So that's my memory. Um, and I was like, I can't do that. Um, 
And I I reached out to a friend of mine who I knew had gone through through it. And her advice was um, to be kind to yourself and do what you like to do. And then she wrote, keep biking. Um, So I was like, okay. You know, that was kind of, that was kind of my order. <laughs> I love that. Be kind to yourself. Do what you have to do and keep biking because yeah. uh, that was your thing. She knew you well enough to know your thing. So, but let's, let's talk about that. Biking was your thing. It's kind of helped you sort of get through that process. What were the ways that biking helped you through breast cancer and why was it so important? Yeah, it was really um, the fatigue from the chemo was really debilitating and the nurses all said like you got to try to do stay active as much as possible so like on my worst days really just walking around the block was about all i felt like i was up to but as soon as the worst days kind of went away i got back on my bike to bike to my office which isn't super far um or just around the neighborhood around the park or whatever and just trying to like I really thought of it as staying active and not getting exercise. You know, like I was like, the whole point here is that I'm moving my legs. It doesn't matter if I um, am sweating or whatever. Um, I should point out to the listeners that I am, I do have an e-bike and I really recommend one (laughs) Um, because uh, for the days when I didn't have much energy, I was still able to ride. And it really felt like a blessing. And I, you know, I really did. And especially the times when I would ride with my husband, I knew like I already kind of ride on the slow side, but like Cancer Maria is so slow, you know, that I was able to kick up the juice on the e-bike to (laughs) keep up with him without having to push myself too hard um so the bike was really helpful just for that activity so i you know i was able to stay reasonably active through all of the treatment um, with the bike and i'm really i do think that that helped me recover um quicker yeah, I mean, plus e-bikes are just super cool, right? So there's that side of <laughs> yes, it as well, they right? Are. So yeah, and you yeah, know, very, very amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Having to go through chemo is a perfect uh, excuse to splurge <laughs> on an e-bike. Um, there you but go. then it was also, um, you know, some of the other things besides just staying active. The um, there's two other things that the bike came in super handy for. Came in super handy for. One was that you know they it can, having cancer can feel so isolating. You know, because like you don't really want to tell that many people, or at least I didn't, because I don't know, you just don't feel like you have the energy for all the questions, or you don't really want sympathy or pity, you know. Um, and especially coming off of like the COVID year where so many things were canceled, it just really felt like very lonely, you know. Um, and then, but I am a part of a couple bike groups. And some of the rides were starting again over the summer. And it turned out to be like the perfect kind of social thing for me to do, you know, because I got to see my friends, but it's not like we were like sitting around at a restaurant just talking. I didn't tell anybody that I was going, you know, I had my helmet on. Nobody could see that I was wearing a scarf or bald or anything, you know. Um, And I was able to just get together with friends and do this activity that we all enjoy and kind of chit chat while we're riding and then go back home and go to bed, you know. Um, And so that was really um, a wonderful way for me to maintain some social 
connection um, with the bike um, that I don't think I, I would have known how to do that without, without those bike rides. So that was really great too. And then I guess when you kind of touched on it in your intro is um, I to deal with some of the depression, which for me didn't really happen until towards the end of treatment, which totally blindsided me. Um, that and the, my counselor said to just do the things you like to do. What do you like to do, Maria? I was like, I don't even remember what I like to do. I don't like to do anything. <laughs> Telltale signs, <laughs> feelings blue. She's like, oh, come on, come on. I'm like, well, I like biking. She's like, okay, why don't you just leave your office right now and go for a bike ride? I don't feel like it. Just do it, you know? And I, it was true. Like he, I would do it just so like, okay, I'll just do this. Fine. Make her happy. And um, I did feel better, you know? And I think it was like, I do like to do this. There are things in life I like to do. It did make me feel like me. And um, I think especially going through treatment, you, your body feels so strange that to have everything feel strange. Um, to have something that's like, nope, this is me. <laughs> this I like these things. I'm capable. I can do this. There's, you know, there's yeah. going to be more of this when this is done. So yeah. all of that. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it'd be so important to sort of have that activity that can just be for you, mm-hmm. right? And something you can even, even to to some degree, get lost in. I mean, that's the kind of the mm-hmm. nice thing about biking mm-hmm. is it it requires that level of concentration right. where where other things can sort of go away by the wayside, at least temporarily. Yeah, right? absolutely. And that's kind of beautiful. Mm, I love that. Uh, there was something else you said too that that was interesting. I don't think anybody else has ever said that on the podcast, which was that you didn't really want to tell a lot of people because you just didn't really have the energy to sort of deal with all of the stuff that comes with that, like the pity and the, mm-hmm. the other things. And honestly, I, I never really thought of that. Um, so, so how many people did you end up telling and sort of how did that go for you? Um, you know, not that many, obviously um, my close family. And then I think my mom told my extended family, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, and yeah, so that, you know, and I, I have a smallish family and then maybe just like half a dozen friends and okay. um, obviously my colleagues, because mm. um, yeah. I, I would knew I would need more support um, mm-hmm. and that I would be leaning on them more than normal. Um, and also to explain some of the business decisions I was making, <laughs> which like I had said, I had like said, this is what we're going to do this year. And then all of a sudden it, was, it wasn't quite mm. that, you know, I'm um, so to be able to explain yeah. that. But besides the work, I probably only told by half a dozen friends. And it really was not mm. like I made a list of the people who were close to me and decided to just do the top six. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't like that at all. It was more like just the timing was just perfect, you know, like. I yeah. was at, I remember I was at a birthday party and a friend, you know, who I've known for a while, not super close, but friend, you know, she's like, so what's up with you? And just like the way she said it and what was going on at that time, I was like, well, actually something big has been going on with me, you know, whereas other good friends that I'm a lot closer with, it's just like the time like that never happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just didn't tell yeah. them, you know, um, but I will say one thing um, that those people all did that was so helpful. and. 
I feel like I wouldn't, I don't know if I would have known to do this if the tables were turned. They all sent me like a text every week or two, just, just like to check in and say hi. Um, and I don't think I even wrote back all the time, but just that consistency of the check-in to know that, you know, somebody's thinking about me and caring about me and there if I need them, it was really supportive and felt really good. Wow. That's great. And and it's good for, for, for those of us that are a part of support mm-hmm. networks to know mm-hmm. that those, those small things do make a difference. And if we don't get a text back, that's okay. Right. right? That's okay. Right. It's not about getting a text back. It's just about providing the support mm-hmm. and being available. So that's, that's really fantastic. Well, uh, Maria, last question. Uh, what final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? Um, or maybe for someone who's feeling alone uh, or going through a difficult time as you did? Well, I would say uh, I, if you're able to do this before you start your treatment or going through things to make a list of those things that you know you like to do to just so you have that because I feel like when things are hard it can be hard to remember you know and you know just to be like okay I told myself I would do these things when I was feeling bad and so previous me knew something I'm just gonna do it you know Um, because I do think that being able to Uh, hold on to those things that make you happy or those relationships that make you happy and being able to go back to that it really does help with the coping and just navigating through all the uncertainty and um bad days (laughs) Mm. i mean that's 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 great i mean honestly that's great for all of us to do really to, to know the things that we love and then in those moments of difficulty um mm-hmm. go back to those things that I we know. love and right? it seems stupid like for me it's going on a bike ride and baking bread you know and i just like those two things a lot and you know when you're feeling bad it's like no i don't feel like it why why it seems dumb yeah. you know but then i start to do it i'm like oh i do like these things <laughs> yeah that's right that's right wow that's fantastic. Well, th- this has been great. Uh, I really appreciate just so, so many of the insightful things that you've had to share with us. And, um, you know, thank you for joining us on the show. Today. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.